0: Welcome to the Habit Mechanic Podcast. To help you finish this year strongly and get ready for a successful 2024, we're re-releasing every podcast we've recorded so far that takes a deep dive into the Habit Mechanic book. The episode's coming up in a few moments. Remember, if you want to get your business off to a great start in January, get in touch to discuss how our Habit Mechanic keynotes or workshops can equip your people with practical skills that help them build super habits in five minutes. Or if you want to earn £100,000 per year working part-time by launching your own coaching business, we guarantee to help you do that in just 13 hours. Get in touch with us today to learn more about becoming a Certified Habit Mechanic Coach who can transform people's lives and is recognised as a world leader in the field. For more details, contact us via the website. The link is in the podcast notes. Or, if you want to feel better and do better every day, download the Habit Mechanic University app from your app store. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hello Habit Mechanics, Dr John Finn here. Hope you've had a good week so far. I'm really excited today because we're going to start exploring the Habit Mechanic book in much more depth than we have previously. We're going to go over the coming months and maybe even years because the book's so long. We're going to dig into each chapter. We're going to talk about the core elements of each chapter the core tools. We're going to explore some of the stories behind the stories, how these tools and ideas have emerged over tens of thousands of hours of uh, practice and lots of failures. So I'm really excited about that. But when I was thinking about doing this, I recognised that doing it just by myself would be quite difficult. So I'm delighted to say that I'm joined today by my Good friend and longtime colleague Andrew Whitlam. Andrew, how you doing?
2: Yeah, hi John. Yeah, thanks very much for uh, inviting me on. It's um, it's quite exciting to to be uh, discussing the habit mechanic. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be involved with you as you were trying to develop the book, and um, yeah, it's great to uh, it's great now to have this opportunity to talk with yourself, the author, um, directly uh, about it, and and I'm sure we'll gain more insights. Um, and really bring the book to life in a fantastic way.
1: Now, I'm sure that you, if you didn't recognise Andrew's name, you certainly will recognise his voice if you've listened to Tougher Minds and haven't mechanic things over the years. So I think, Andrew, you've probably worked within Tougher Minds for about 10 years now, first started working with us on the pre-shot stuff. But actually, we first met, I think about 15 years ago now, on a bench outside a national uh, governing body's headquarters when you were the media manager for the... That was the the role I was working with you in the capacity of. You were the media manager for an, an international touring team that I was doing some leadership development work for. So we actually first met, quite weirdly, discussing your leadership psychometric profile of which I've just written a Forbes article saying that leadership psychometrics damage leaders but this was 15 years ago so we've tried and tested those ideas I hope I didn't damage you but that was about the first time we met I think wasn't it?
2: Yes that's right John I think it was a a relatively warm uh, spring day at the time at least so yeah we were outside on a bench but I do remember Um, that exercise and uh, I think even at the time then you were talking around the use of psychometric tests and um, yes obviously your understanding has developed phenomenally um, in recent years and in the resulting years and um, uh, now the habit mechanic and tougher minds represents uh, the absolute cutting edge of these 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 ideas and um, so yeah it's also doubly fascinating to uh, to be sort of revisiting that moment here and now but uh, again as i say um also exploring um tougher minds principles ideas and the habit mechanic book um today so yeah it was uh, it was that that, that time and, and as you say you your your connection then and now ongoing with elite sport um was what brought us together
1: and your um you know, you're you're a high performing guy, Andrew. You've been around high performing people. You're into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, <laughs> and you take that. Um, your interest is very serious in terms of learning what the best of the best do. So, and and you, you're very familiar with with tougher minds and the mechanic approach. But also, I know you're very well read. What do you find particularly compelling about? tougher minds and and the habit mechanic
2: well yeah I um I I was lucky enough to work in high performance sport as you say I'm not sure my own hobby is is uh uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu I I can't apply the term high performance to my own activities but you you're absolutely right that nevertheless I'm, I'm interested in in human performance behavior what's what makes people tick and that's what makes you know working around tougher minds and and and, uh, helping you previously with the podcast that makes it so fascinating and so interesting um i think um for me the habit mechanic book is is um an absolute uh, fantastic complete um distillation um of 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 the work you've been doing and the understanding the insight you've been gaining the practical application of these principles and ideas and it really is a superb refinement of that and I, you know i think if anybody wants to um understand and benefit from from these ideas they, they should immediately um you know start looking and reading the habit mechanic it's accessible uh, it's digestible it's uh, it's entertaining um it's almost it's exciting too i think because you sense um an immediate benefit and i, I think that's not just me saying that to you today john i think uh I, i've just watched as an objective observer when people have come into contact with these ideas and um almost um immediately exclaimed uh, and 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 wanted to 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 make it clear how they felt they were immediately benefiting so i think the simplicity the practicality of of the ideas and the exercises and the the processes is fantastic and unique in my opinion Um, and also um the power and the effectiveness Um, i mean i i i have been lucky enough to work in high performance sport as you mentioned i've also seen um some other approaches Around these sort of areas and objectives, and there's nothing, nothing that comes close to this. Uh, that then, that's again just an objective assessment. So, um, it's great to, to be able to, as I say, talk about it in this way uh, with yourself as the author. It's a, it's a, it's a unique, uh, a unique exercise for sure.
1: I didn't pay Andrew to say any of that stuff, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think. What I found interesting about getting the Habit Mechanic book out there, obviously we know that it it literally did take over 20 years to put together. And everything in the book has been tried and tested literally with thousands and thousands of people. And that's why, you know, my 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 passion and the mission of Tougher Minds is to make it as easy as possible for people to be at their best. So it's been really exciting to put the book, which is such a complete self-development programme, but also um, not just for your for your individuals, but for teams and for leaders as well. It's been great just to put the book into people's hands and just with people reading the book alone, hear some of the feedback and testimony that's coming back already, even though the book's only been out for about nine months. I mean, I got... Um, I don't know if I told you this, actually, but I got a message a few months ago now in the Habit Mechanic University app. Someone saying, I just want to say thank you for writing the book, John. Um, I used it to help me to learn how to walk again. And I was thinking, hmm, this someone's, you know, this isn't true. So I actually had a conversation with this person. and It absolutely is true. This chap got told he would never walk again. He had a 12-hour spine operation under um, three doses of general anaesthetic. Goodness me. Just as he was coming round from sort of, a he described a morphine-induced coma, um, which he was kind of coming out and getting some relief of pain. He he saw an email that the having mechanic book had come out, he got himself a copy, and he used it to restructure his rehab. And when I was speaking to him, he'd actually just started to play golf again. So that's phenomenal. So to hear that story and then lots of others, almost on a daily basis, people saying that this tool is is literally changing my life or this tool's uh, changing my life. And that mechanic book is just packed full of tools. It's got, I think, about 33 tools in there. It's got habit metric tools, which allow you to Analyze your habits, not psychometrics, as they don't work, habit metrics, where you can really start to understand the helpful versus unhelpful automatic things that you're thinking and doing, which is the starting point for getting rid of the unhelpful or destructive things and starting to build more of the helpful things, or what we call the super habits. And then it's got the tools that allow you to secure and build the new super habits. So... I'm really excited to, to to dive into the chapters and, and, and look at the different ideas. So we're gonna begin with, with chapter one. Now we're also on YouTube now. Um this is the first pod we're doing on YouTube, so I'm actually holding up the book. And me, John. Andrew's <laughs> as well. Yep. Um so it's chapter one. It's a big I mean, if you haven't got and I, I hear this quite a bit actually, people who've just got the, the ebook the The Haber Mechanic book is a big, it's a manual. It's 107,000 pages. It's got, I think, 37, 38 chapters. It's not a book with one idea repeated 10 times. It's a manual for life. It's a toolkit for success. I pick this up every day. I have um, an office at home. I have an office in Tougher Minds HQ, and I have a copy of um mechanic on every desk that i have um i've three in the office in the in the tougher in hq so i've got copies of this everywhere cuz i'm picking it up all the time
2: so i think just if i can just interrupt john yeah that that is worth a point making to people you use the word manual and i suppose often when people buy self help books then sometimes they just stay on the shelf looking nice uh, in people's houses and but this is something that is digestible you can consume it like you would a manual and get immediate benefit and start doing things in practical terms and that's what's so so unique for me and so beneficial that that um that that, you know and it's 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 very apt that we're going to talk about chapter one uh which is called a quick start and um yeah i think i think um this it couldn't be a better illustration of the nature of the book
1: If you want to fulfill your potential or help other people fulfill their potential so you can feel great and get the rewards and respect you deserve, then I want to give you a free physical copy of my new best-selling book. Because you deserve to know the truth. The most important things for fulfilling your potential are not tips, tricks, hacks, therapy, coaching, meditation, breathwork, goal setting, journaling, or finding your why. I know it sounds irrational because we're so used to hearing about using these things to help us fulfill our potential, but these approaches are outdated and ineffective, and they are based on a big lie.
2: To find out more and get your free physical copy of Dr. John Finn's best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic, go to tougherminds.co.uk.
1: Yeah, and my point actually about people who bought the ebook and uh, then they get the physical book. And I've seen so many comments saying, wow, I didn't realise how much was in this until I got the physical book. Um, so yeah, chapter one, quick start. A two-minute daily exercise to make your life easier. So, we structured this chapter in an unusual way. We got feedback from professional <laughs> editors saying, "Don't do this." They told us, "Don't do it like this," and we said, "No, we think this is this is the most helpful way to start the book for people." So, what did you make of of chapter one, Andrew?
2: Well, um, you know, firstly, as you say, John, um, I do remember you were discussing the editing process of the book and yeah, there was some, some skepticism about whether this was the right thing to do, but what, what you're getting here is immediate benefit an an immediate action that that people can take to, to start um, feeling better and doing better every day. It it really does deliver on the promise of, of being a short exercise to, to benefit you to make your life easier so um, and and also um, i think this chapter is um, you know really almost um, quintessentially if that's a that's rather a big word but the, the the essence of tougher minds if you like it is um a representative of, of of a practical applicable um process that you can implement in your life but based on very sophisticated science that brings immediate benefit um, and and um, you know you 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 have um you, it's a great example of of the accessibility and the simplicity you offer to people the practicality because you have something in there called um, a tiny empowering action which you call a tea plan so that that really sticks in your head and immediately intrigues you I think
1: yeah and it just reminds me actually I saw some um, I saw a news story maybe maybe about a month ago, it was on the front page of one of the broadsheets and it was some data. Um, I'm not sure where the data come from, but it was it had been published in a peer-reviewed journal. So it was written by the, the science editor and it was a paper showing that people helping other people deliberately every day had a more that had a a more beneficial impact on how they felt and how they were doing than having cognitive behavioural therapy. And the thing that I take away from that data is that the people that were helping other people, doing nice things for other people, like tiny nice things, they were actually doing something different. Whereas the people in CBT, as... As good as and robust as I, you know, a lot of of our approaches are based on CBT principles, but actually you can spend a long time doing CBT, getting more knowledge about the challenges you're facing and a few skills to help you to think in a different way. But actually there's no guarantee you're going to practice those skills and start to do things differently. For me, it really put a spotlight on this the difference between knowing something and doing it. So this is why all the tools in the Habit Mechanic book, including the daily tea plan in Chapter 1, are about doing things. They're not about knowing things. They're about doing things differently. And doing things that are easy to do. So the tea plan, you can do it in two minutes. And... The tea plan, which we can talk through in a lot of detail, but it, it, it's very simple. However, it wasn't simple to create. It was very, very complex to create. And we know how powerful girls are. We we talk about uh, girls in Chapter 16 and the sort of nuances of why they're powerful. In very simple terms... Goals allow us to direct our energy and our efforts towards something. So if you set a goal, it's easier to put and channel your your energies towards it. Also, when you set a goal, you're more aware of it, so you switch on your neocortex. But, you know, going through myself, going through essentially three sports psychology degrees, goal setting features quite heavily. And then myself going on to teach goal setting, both at undergraduate level, master's level, teaching it to professional coaches. You know, I've spent a, long, I spent a long time in front of people going through these goal setting methods of things like smart goal setting or smarter goal setting. And, you know, once you get familiar with what those frameworks are, once you get good at teaching them and you can, you know, you've got some relatable stories that makes it easy for people to understand them and start to implement them. I started to get skeptical because I was thinking there must be a better way to set goals on this. There must be a more effective way. And that set me off on a, on a journey to think about how can we, how can we create even more powerful goal setting methodologies? And one of the, one of the iterations of, of that, which is in the book is called the SWOT cycle. Which is the self watch aim plan cycle, which is our almost our, mo- our, our most basic change cycle. So, if we want to make a positive change, we first of all need to be aware of it. So, we have to self watch. That's like having a, a CCTV camera, you know, looking at yourself and observing yourself. And we talk about intelligent self watching. So, you might notice, for example, that you might self watch your sleep last night. You might notice that. Um, your sleep was only a seven out of ten, so a ten would have been perfect for you. One would have meant a one would have meant you got no sleep at all. You thought you were about a seven, and your aim might then be to improve your sleep tonight. But good aims are specific and they're written down. So. Um, i might commit that i'm going to move my sleep from a seven and a half so from a seven sorry to a seven and a half which might mean i need to get an extra 10 minutes sleep or something but then just having the aim is a bit futile without having a plan so i need to use a behavioral science science-backed plan Um, we have the habit building plans in the book but the self-watch the aim the plan and we use that and we started to implement that into how we were coaching and training people we built that process into our planners it's a it's in the book multiple times. And that was one of the first ways that I started to, I think, create, uh, and, and colleagues as well that are always contributing to this, people like Andrew Foster, Jim McKenna, Catherine Grant, starting to think, how how can we make it easier for people to, to set goals? And it was interesting. One of the things I'd forgotten about was we created, and this this would have been probably the version before the t plan we created a tool called the yes i can plan um and that which actually i can hold, if you're watching the video i can hold that up so you can see it
2: yeah you've just it's just you've just gone slightly now there you go john yeah you just brought it slightly too near the camera but i can see that there yeah triangular graphic as it were yeah
1: yeah there you go it's fair yeah. in and out yeah, um, yeah. With our snazzy background that we have on the screen, but so that so this is even more sophisticated than the than just the basic swap. And the idea is that it's got this triangle that has stop on it, and the idea is that you 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 commit to an outcome, the very specific thing that you want to achieve. So it might be, I'm going to do one hour of focus work. Um, between 9 a.m. and 10am. And st- stop is an acronym. It's the idea is to stop the ape brain, which we um we had the ape brain before we had Hugh horribly unhelpful emotions, the character that now operates the ape brain. Ape stands for life perceived energy brain. Uh, so that so stop is the, the o in stop is about the outcome. The S is about your a personal strength you could use. So you could say I'm gonna be um I'm going to be determined today. I'm going to be persistent. We talk about uh, strengths in chapter 25 of the book in the Focus, Productivity, Work-Life Balance section. I uh, talk about willpower boosters, willpower strengths. The, the T is the trigger. So what triggers can we use to help us to actually get this work done? Writing down the plan would be, would be a trigger. could be removing some unhelpful triggers from my environment or turning my phone off turning the Wi-Fi off if I don't need it, Um, you know, minimalizing distractions. And then the P was about creating a plan. So it could be using our willpower story tool. Again, that's something that's in chapter 25 of The Habit Mechanic. And then we had something called an eight-brain stopper device, which... Could be, using that example again, it could be, I know that my phone is going to be the thing that's probably most likely to get into my, in my way. Um, so I'm going to make sure that I, I don't just turn it off, I put it out of sight, I put it in the drawer. Um, and then the reward, which is um, thinking about if I get this piece of work done, what's the reward for me? What nice thing am I going to do for myself? So this is a very, although it's, it's very sophisticated, it's a far less sophisticated version of what we have in the Habit Mechanic book. Um, but it's all about planning. So if we are going to get better at managing ourselves, intelligent self-watching and intelligent self, uh, intelligent planning are key. So whether it's the swap cycle, the SI camp plan, or the C planners we'll come on to, they're all about doing sophisticated planning. That starts to factor in the behavioral science. And I'm sure you want to come in in a second, Andrew, but I just, there's a little story that's jumped into my head that's really interesting. So, this idea of the eight-brain stopper, I remember when when we were creating these tools, we were, we were very much um establishing our education programs where we're, you know, teaching kids everywhere from uh top of primary school, prep school, all the way through to A-level and, then, you know, in, into university degrees, PhD programs, etc. But I remember at this time, uh a young, a lovely young lad he was very very enthusiastic, but very well, he had a you know, he was a teenager and his eight brain was very powerful. I, I remember him telling me a story about um you know he created his plans to put the to um what he'd actually done is he'd recognised the PlayStation. So, this is when they're revising at home in the build up to GCSEs. He recognised his PlayStation was the biggest threat. It was the biggest temptation for his hip brain. And so, what he'd done is he'd given his uh, mum his lead, the lead that plugged the PlayStation into the TV. And he put that in his mum, the, the boot of his mum's car, so that she took it off to, to work with her. And he re- he, re- he recalled how he was started to do his revision, and then it just popped into his head that in his older brother's room, his older brother was off at university. He had a spare uh, PlayStation lead, and before he knew it, the lead was plugged in to the to the computer and the PlayStation, and he was on FIFA, and no revision was getting done that day. So that's how powerful the 8 Brain is, but um. Yeah, and, and and working with people like that that allowed us to refine this process. So I've spoken a lot there, Andrew. What, what are you thinking about?
2: Yeah, I think I think um, I do recall um, those stories coming out from tougher minds when, uh, as you continue to do, you first began working with schools, um, uh, and and uh, you know um, a consequence of, of some of those uh, great anecdotes and behavior changes. You've just alluded to were actually improved exam results by the way uh, I do remember that as well some quite phenomenal uh, improvements so um, it it was a a good example an early example for me to see uh, tougher minds at work but um, yeah I think I think what's so um, interesting about this daily tea plan in this first chapter of the book is um, it does contain it distilled down into this relatively innocuous looking exercise on the face of it is some very sophisticated powerful behavioral science um including as you say intelligent self-watching this analysis process that's so so powerful for people um and then and then the exercise then starts to help people take the first steps towards building new helpful habits Uh, and again you know if on on first glance you might mistake it as, as overly simplistic but really um such such a significant amount of sophisticated understanding behind the daily tea plan in the first chapter of the book and um so potentially powerful um and and yeah you obviously you were talking about eight brain stoppers in that early version if you like of this sort of thing and now tea plan tiny empowering action is a really um really high impact way a really memorable way to connect yourself to, to doing this these exercises and these processes every day, so I think uh, you know I, I, I'm really fascinated to to hear how how, how you arrived at this uh, what is now a pretty pretty slick um, and usable and powerful accessible tool
1: yeah, so I think that I think like in my own experience earlier versions are always less refined, they're clunkier, they're a bit more difficult to do. And, of course, we know that the easier we can make something to do, the more likely it is we'll do it, because that's our our brain's number one operating rule is to save energy. So it likes to do easier things, and that connects to the tiny factor in the nine-action factor model. So I think the earlier versions of the T plan were a bit more explicit in the way they were trying to address factors, whereas the T plan implicitly addresses them. Um. I I get. What's the right word that I'm looking for? I think I'm just endlessly fascinated how human beings instinctively. Dichotomize and polarise their behaviour and I think it's because it's the way that we're educated. We're taught that we're either good at something or we're not good at something and we probably never will be. And it's the way that we tend to look at ourselves. So, I either had a rubbish day yesterday or I had a great day. I'm either fantastic at public speaking or I'm rubbish. I've either got loads of confidence or I've got no confidence. I either did loads of exercise yesterday or I did no exercise. So, this is the way that we, we're we conditioned to think about ourselves. And it, for me, it's just not very helpful. So the so T plan is, has three steps. The first step is all about it's making it easier for you to do intelligent self-watching. So it's just a simple continuum out of 10. One, uh, 10 means you were perfect. One means you failed. And the first question is, how well did you do your best to be your best and achieve your goals yesterday? And, you know, if you're doing this in the afternoon and yesterday is too far to think back to, just answer that same question, but for so far today. So straight away, instead of just thinking yesterday was great or it was rubbish, you are thinking in a more detailed and accurate way. And the focus point is how well did you do to do your best? It's not about anything else. It's just about you. And the effort that you put in, because that's what we can ultimately control. How much effort did we put in to doing our best? So it's a simple question, but it's loaded with behavioral science, uh, insights from behavioral science that, that we know drive what we do.
2: Um, yeah. And when you're doing that, John, I, I know I know when you introduce these things to people, and, and again, this is in the first chapter of the book, you you guide them exactly how to think and what to think about more specifically when they're doing that initial uh, self-watching exercise.
1: Yes so my question to you is Andrew what was your score for yesterday? Uh,
2: it was seven and a half out of ten yesterday.
1: Seven and a half out of ten and yeah. I think you may have posted that today in the Habit Mechanic University app.
2: Yeah yeah and this is think- where
1: this is where people this is the main thing that we're doing in the app right now is we're posting our daily tea plans
2: yeah and i think i think um again in the in the chapter of the book you talk about having um there's a pdf which you make reference to on the website and you guide people to that in the chapter of the book but the habit mechanic university app um you know is is the way for people to do this exercise too and you you know that's it's fantastic that it's available there that the um, the app is is as you say being used by a lot of people to do these day, daily tea plans in an electronic way um, and they've got it in their pocket with them um, so there's options there for people um, to, 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 to undertake this 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 three-step process so um, that that's fantastic um, that that's very accessible and very applicable um, and um, again th- 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 I think I think in the app uh, there's a there's a guidance video which gives people um access to the type of training they might get in one of your face-to-face sessions
1: yeah and i think what's emerging from the app the habit mechanic university app is that it's a faster and more reliable way to be your best every day and that rhymes which is great (laughs) yeah um but that's what's emerging because I actually read James Dyson's autobiography over over Christmas, and this idea that he failed over five thousand times to create the cyclonic vacuum cleaner is well understood. But essentially, James Dyson looked at he had an experience with a, a traditional vacuum cleaner that compelled him as an engineer that there was a better way to make vacuum cleaners, and essentially that's what I'm saying in, the, in chapter one is that. There's loads of self-help training out there. It's, be, it's become normalized over the last maybe 10 years or so that we should be working on ourselves. We should be working on, our, on how we think and trying to think in increasingly effective ways. It's great to get coaching and support and give people formal training in these areas. But my observation over the last 20 years and, and doing over three degrees in this area is that the traditional approaches to this are just not very good. Um, It's not anybody's fault. I just think that the psychological sciences are about 70 years behind the physiological sciences. Uh, Chapter four in the book, I talk about um, Roger Bannister and how he was doing very in-depth physiological research in the Laboratories at Oxford University in the 1940s. Which
2: then enabled him to do a, a great physical feat of endurance.
1: Enabled him to really understand what he needed to do to supercharge his the physiological adaptation process that would allow him to run faster unfortunately we've only been able to look inside the human brain for the last 20 or 20 to 25 years and we're only we've only in the recent years been able to get enough data to really compel us about you know what is it that humans are actually designed to do so the t plan for me is is it's like the it's a or the habit mechanic more generally is is the Dyson um, of self-development, leadership development, being at your best. So we're using the best technologies or the best insights, probably a better way to say it, to create our technologies, which which, which is our toolkit to make it easier for people to be at their best. And a very simple question like, how well did you do your best to be at your best? and achieve your goals yesterday out of 10 might seem very simple. um, As when you look at the cyclonic vacuum plan, it seems very simple. It is not. And it's very, very complicated to get it to that level. What I really like about the Havon Mechanic University app is seeing other people's T-plans because it brings it to life. So try to share as many examples in the book, in the chapter one as we can, but ultimately you could probably write an entire book about T-plan examples actually live in the app every day people are sharing their plans and also those that are generous to actually generous enough to share their plans you can see over time how they're tweaking refining learning because that's another key thing about the t plan is it's a daily thing i mean i i do it on work days um although i do benefit if i do it at the weekend as well It's it's just i suppose i've habitualized myself quite well now um, to doing the things that I want to do and the daily tea plan like all um, having mechanic tools I see them they're a little bit like stabilizers it's like when you're trying to learn to ride a bike they'll, they give you some stability and they help you to practice the things that are going to be most helpful for you and they allow you to make it it makes it easier to keep practicing them so you habitualize them um, so that when you start to build really good habits in an area, it's not essential that you do a T plan for that particular thing every day, but then you might shift your T plan to something else.
2: Yeah, I, 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 what I'd like to say, I mean, what I would say to you, John, is, I mean, um, you, you you guide people, as I say, as I was saying, to think about things like their sleep, their diet, their exercise in terms of how well they did to be their best, those things or 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 play a role in that so so those that's your initial guiding point correct me if I'm wrong but then as you as you said people start to develop their own understanding of themselves through through self-watching um would that be would that be a fair summary of, of the the way that you familiarize and start to help people use this tea plan
1: yeah that's a great point Andrea so I'm just re I'm just looking at the chapter now yeah so again the idea of that question how well did you do your best to be at your best it's a different question we don't ask us we don't normally ask ourselves that so it switches on our prefrontal cortex it makes us think in a different way and yeah so the way i judge myself is when i'm thinking about i'm thinking about my how well did i sleep what did i eat how well did i exercise because i understand how important those things are for good brain function how productive was I, how efficient and effective was I with the use of my time? Um, how helpful was I to others? So I'm actually asking myself on a daily basis, how well did I do to be at my best? How well did I do to help others to be at their best? And I'm also asking myself, how well did I do to be a good human being? Because I think if I can score highly across those three areas, then I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape. So yeah, the more the more we revisit that, that daily question, the more we're going to be learning about ourselves and developing what we call our habit mechanic intelligence. And this is a never-ending journey. I've, I, I wrote this book over the last 20 years, and I'm still learning about myself because it's a never-ending journey. And when I, I, I actually listened back to the, this chapter yesterday, chapter one on the uh, audio book, And it made me think of some different things about this tool and this approach that I haven't thought of before. Because when I listened to it yesterday, I knew some things and experienced some things that I hadn't experienced the last time I listened to it. So this is real evergreen material. Um, It's not something that you just read once and that's it. So, So you give yourself the score. That's step one. Step two is... To create a tiny empowering action
2: yeah so- this, this is this this term i just have to say i think john it's worth saying at this point this term is um you know it is it, it does stand for tea we might have a, a tea every day in in more than one sense of that word but yeah i think this is this is the beauty uh, of this um and and this this is the way that it, it exemplifies tougher minds it's so so it, it, intriguing and and stimulating for people to have these these tools that just you can have on the tip of your tongue and literally on your desk every day
1: yeah and it's a registered trademark as well we <laughs> like but um yeah and i do distinctly remember walking up the road and the idea of tea so i was walking along and talking to myself silently um And therefore, I had lots of BDNF in my brain that helped me to think clearly. But I remember thinking, tiny empowerment action, T, that's a a daily thing that people have. Um, And we know the tiny factor in the nine action factors. For me, empowerment is really important. We know that, well, for me, the most compelling uh, motivational theory is self-determination theory. And academic theories are a bit like models of cars. So, you know, there are lots of motivational theories out there. I would say that the self-determination theory uh, theory model is the best, most sleekest model. It's like the Telsa uh, car, if you like. Um, That's the way I think about academic theories. And we know that if we've made the decision – so. Self-determination is on a continuum. One end of the continuum is, I've chosen to do this because I want to do it. And that's the most powerful form of motivation. The other end of the continuum is coercion. I'm doing this because I'm being forced to, to do it.
2: I'm telling if, you to do it. You've got to do it.
1: You, you quickly give up um, when you're coerced to do something. When, it's, when you're making the decision and you're powered by... Um, your choice then you're much more likely to persist and all the habit mechanic book is framed in that way there's nothing that I'm telling you to do there's nothing prescriptive about the habit mechanic approach and the language is framed very deliberately you'll see a lot that there's if not hundred, if not thousands definitely hundreds of uh, using the phrase if it's helpful if it's helpful to you because if it's not helpful to you, don't do it. That, you know, that's the thing. So tiny empowering action. What what are you going to choose based on what you understand about you being at your best that's going to help you to do a little bit better today? Um, and the examples that I give in the book are just – and, again, people can be tempted to go too big with this stuff. You've got, you've got to keep it really tiny. Things like only check the news once today. Things like the one, the one that I, I use every day is create a willpower story. But other things like writing a reflect positive reflection at the end of the day, going for a five minute walk at lunchtime, eating a piece of fruit with breakfast, just picking one tiny uh, thing. What what's the thing that you typically pick, Andrew?
2: Well, yeah, and it's interesting, and it, it's not because. Um, y- one of your examples, which obviously, again, in the book, you, you give some examples to help people, to get people on the road to start using this and, and benefiting from it. My, my um, tiny empowering action is to have some some fresh air every day. So a, a walk, um, I try to keep fit in other ways as well, occasionally myself, but but a walk in the fresh air um, you know, and a vigorous walk, I suppose. Is uh, I feel it's so beneficial. You've explained uh, the the very uh, sophisticated and powerful um, neurological reasons that activity and movement is 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 um, is beneficial. I think you talked about uh, um, neurochemicals being released in the brain, which are helpful, and, and that's why it's great to know that. But for me, yeah, it's it's the feel good factor, I suppose, in, in common parlance, um, which is like a bit of a foundation for for. Other things which then build onto that feeling good, feeling well, having willpower so I can eat well and don't overindulge feeling good. So I might do some proper fitness. I say proper, I might do some more strenuous, intense fitness training if, if, if it's, that's what I'm trying to do today. Um, or, or come back to the desk and do some more work. So, yeah, fresh air, a walk in the fresh air or, or finish off the day with a, a walk in the fresh air um, and sort of put the working day behind me. You know, for all those reasons, a walk in the fresh air is my tiny, empowering action. And uh, yeah, it's very empowering and very powerful.
1: Yeah. And for me, you're almost describing that as a super habit, which is something We help people to uncover as they go on the journey through the book. But actually something that before the pandemic people maybe wouldn't even think about having to plan to go for a a walk. But now it's just essential um, for many people because if they don't deliberately plan to do it, they're not leaving the house. And some some people reporting to me they don't leave the house for a week, you know, which doesn't make them feel very good about themselves. So these basic, um, fundamental things that we need to do to get our brain working well. Humans are designed to walk about 12 miles a day, we think. They are harder than ever to do. So that means that we've got to plan ahead to give ourselves more control over them. And the act of writing that down or typing it out is so key to helping us to get it done. And that's another, I suppose, invisible factor of creating a plan is that you're writing down something or you're typing it out, you're committing to it. And by doing that, you are just making it easier for yourself to remember the thing that you wanted to do. Um, And therefore, you're more likely to do it. So you're switching on your neocortex is how we'd explain it. So we rate ourselves out of 10. And again, actually, for the... um, you're watching the video, I'll just show you the, you can see the, the, the scale there, um, one to 10, which is, we detail that in in the book. We just show, just gives a, a bit more, a bit more depth as to what does each, what, what might each number mean for you just to make it easier to do. You've created tiny power in action. Just one thing to start with um don't don't try to do too much don't uh, don't try to do too much just just do one thing step three is explain why why is doing that thing going to be helpful for you
2: yeah i was going to say john um when you do read the book you you you, it's just three steps to do it to to create a t plan um you've done the self-watching as you call it rate yourself you've stated your tiny empowering action um and um, yeah, the explanation then um, is is the final final element of it. Um, why why is that a part of? I was going to ask why is that uh, that that explanation that stating of, of why your your tiny empowering action will benefit you. Why is that necessary?
1: Yeah, great question. If we go back to the action factors, personal motivation is one of those factors. The core tool we use to help people to activate their personal motivation, which is chapter 16 in the book, um, is the Fam Story Iceberg. And we're going to... Um, that. You're going to be able to do that in the app as well, create your Fam Story Iceberg. So the, the Fam Story Iceberg allows people to really harness the power of goals and connecting their long term goals with their medium term goals to their short term goals and we already talked about goal you know goal setting can be done really poorly or it can be done really well and we know that one of the criteria to do goal setting really well is to make our goals really meaningful and a really quick way to make goals meaningful is to ask why times 5 so I might say, for example, in the distant future, uh, I want to have enough money to buy a, a house in that part of town. And you might say, well, why is that important? Well, that's the best school school district in town. Well, why is that important? Well, I want to give my kids the chance to go to the best school they can. Well, why is that important? Well, I want to be the best parent that I can be. Well, why is that important? Well, I don't want to look back. Um in 10 years and regret that I didn't give my kids the best chance to go to the best school. So all of a sudden, um, you know, being efficient and effective today so that I can have a better chance of getting the pay rise this year. So I can have a better chance of um, saving up enough money to buy a house in that part of time becomes much more meaningful. Now, of course, we're trying to make the T plan process as easy as possible for people to do. Um, and you can do the T plan easily in two, in two minutes once you get up and running with it. Um, in fact, you can do it in, in under two minutes. But the reason that step three is why is to make your T, your tiny empowering action, more meaningful, and therefore you'll be more likely to do it. And the more you understand about your your fam story your bigger goals, the easier it will be for you to complete the why. Also... The why is allowing you to activate some of the reward and penalty systems. Another one of the nine action factors, and I go into the nine action factors in loads of detail in chapter eighteen in the book. Um, and in fact, we have a webinar coming up on the twenty second of February, where I'm going to talk about the nine action factor model. Um, we'll put a sign up link to that free webinar on the February twenty second in the show notes. Um, if you haven't seen it already, but yeah, The reward and penalty system factor is also partially being activated by answering the why question. Um I think it certainly activates some of the other factors as well. But that that's the neuro, that's some of the neuroscience behind why why is um the third part of the plan.
2: Yeah, and I think I, I notice in the book, um interestingly, obviously now you've taken us through the three steps, um, and that that um hopefully something people can implement and but with any new thing i guess people might be slightly confused or or intimidated perhaps when they're trying to implement something in their life that's new but you make the point in the in the book that um you you improve your use of this the more you use it that's 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 another invisible benefit if you like you get better at tea planning um the more you do it
1: yeah because we get good at what we practice but also Every day the T plan challenges us to think about ourselves in an intelligent way. It challenges to do intelligent self-watching. We're not wired for this. We're wired for so we're most people probably just listening to what we're saying now but we can see each other, Andrew because we're recording this for YouTube as well. And we can see each other almost in 2020 vision. When it comes to understanding ourselves and looking looking at ourselves, it's nowhere near twenty twenty vision. You know we're partially blind to how we think and how we feel. You know, so you might have a a rumbling in your stomach. Is that are you hungry? Have you got something wrong down there? Are you just a bit tired? We don't we can't read ourselves that well, but we're only going to get better at understanding ourselves and seeing ourselves by thinking about ourselves and developing our ability to understand our emotions and regulate our emotions. You know, emotional regulation is is the core psychological construct that runs throughout the the habit mechanic uh, book and the tougher minds approach. So we're going to get better at understanding ourselves if we revisit this daily, but also we're going to get better at establishing the behaviors that we practice Um so i'm just trying yeah so we we see um some people in the app for example their their daily tea plan is actually to do what we call a des swap which is a diet exercise sleep swap plan and we can see that every day they're whatever they're practicing they are improving essentially so we get good at what we practice and it, one of the things, actually, at the weekend, just I think we're a few weeks into the Six Nations now, um, we've got, for the first time ever, we've got the top two ranked rugby union teams in the world in that competition. Now that's
2: France and Ireland, isn't it, I think?
1: France and Ireland. And it's really interesting that the part of the, the rationale that's given to the strength of those teams is that both teams play in the same style as the dominant club team in each country so they're borrowing if you like the tactics and the standard way of playing that their club team that their main club team in each country plays and that you know some of the core players come from so this idea that they've already habitualized the core way of thinking and doing um, whereas someone like the England team that has new management uh, transition, I'd say of, of some of the core playing positions that their um, their way of doing things just isn't anywhere near as, as efficient and effective as they'd like it to be. And one of the things I was thinking about at the weekend actually was that, and this brings us to the T plan, you know, you, you, you could practice every day setting a goal. You could just set a goal in the way that someone taught you to set a goal. Or you could every day do the T plan. If you do the T plan, it's going to be a much faster and more reliable way to be your best. You're going to get to the behaviours that you want to habitualise much faster. Because by using a T plan, you're using a behaviourally science-backed approach. And what I would argue is that the teams that want to establish more efficient and effective ways of doing what they want to do on the field are going to do it much faster if they implement uh, insights from behavioral science. I just don't think that um, elite level coaching has had the opportunity to access something like the nine, well, I think the nine action factor model is unique, but it's not in their parlance yet. It's not in their language. So, I think by default, trying to get the teams to where they want to get them to do is going to be much more of an upward battle than if they could actually use insights from behavioral science.
2: Yeah. And I think um, it's worth pointing out, John, certainly from my point of view, that the Habit Mechanic University app, which, as as we can see on screen, is available to download from the uh, Apple App Store and and for Android devices too, um, that helps you do this T plan and implement it into your life. Uh, instantly on a daily basis and and you, yes you, you rightly call the out the faster more reliable way to to be your best every day and, and this T plan exemplifies that and then of course we're talking about chapter one of the habit mechanic I'd encourage everyone to get their hands on a copy of the book um, it's already um, been tremendously popular on Amazon as we can see and um, yeah uh, people can get that or on, on a kindle or, or a physical copy of the book and either way um, An audio. um yeah, yes indeed audible yeah so chapter one uh, that we're talking about now uh is just it's just the start uh but so much in there so powerful and I, I couldn't um encourage people enough to try and get their hands on on it and and yeah i am um, as you say we've uh, we've done podcasts before together which have been uh, really enjoyable but um now we are on trying to to cover all bases, as it were, and appear on YouTube. So um, I guess a message to everyone is like, subscribe, uh, share and, and, and follow on, because um, the intention, I understand that, John, is to to do more and look in, uh, to each chapter of the book in, in, in this depth and really bring it to life for people.
1: Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to get the benefits from this toolkit, from this manual. And it's interesting, actually, that the So we could write down the T plan um, in a notebook. We could do it on the PDF um, document that, that we share via the book. But when you do it in the app, you activate another factor in the action factors, the social influence piece. You're bringing the community knowledge and skills piece. So the app brings additional behavioral science benefits. That's why we have the app. It's not for a laugh. It's to make it easier for people to be at their best. And we're only going to start to re- release more and more powerful features in there, but you can, uh, we're going to make it easier to do the T plan in the app, but everyone can do the T the plan in the app now and get those additional benefits of holding themselves accountable and getting the support of the habit mechanic community. Um, so there are, you, you talked about people not being always sure about how to do something when they first see a new tool, and obviously, we we try to address that best we can in Chapter One with the frequently asked questions section. Yes, yeah. And lots of those questions relate more, much more broadly to actually, you know, building and establishing new new habits and behaviors. But what else was interesting to you there, Andrew?
2: Well, I think I think I was going to come on to that, John. Actually, yeah. I think I know uh, people do often have a lot of questions for you when you um, have worked with them one to one and in in groups scenarios and uh th- through the book and 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 online as well and um i thought it would be helpful just to try and raise some of the questions that people have specifically put about daily tea plans um and and get your um unique feedback on them i think something people have have asked quite a lot is should they focus on the same tea, tiny empowering action every day for example should it be a physical action should they should it be go for a walk should they do the same tiny empowering action every day
1: yeah It's a great question. The key is to get some positive change momentum, to feel like you're making some progress. And it's going to be easier to do do that if you keep focusing on the same thing in the first instance. But the first time you create a T plan, the thing you select might not be helpful for you. So you might pick something the day after. The the thing you pick the day after, you might find that's not not going to be helping me, actually, once I've tried it. But once you settle on something, you think, this is really helping me, yeah, do, do persist with it. And once you feel that, right, I've got that going now, then pick something else. But in a way, what you need to do is be aware of what is helping you and use your own judgment. There's no right or wrongs here. This is a journey of self-discovery. For me, the becoming a habit mechanic is like doing a PhD on yourself. It's about trying and testing, trying and testing. But um I mean the, the thing that I pick every day is to create the willpower story. Because I know if I create a willpower story, I'm going to be able to activate lots of you know helpful habits and behaviours. But I've built up to that over years and years and years of, of, of testing this stuff out, I do absolutely know, excuse me, that if I don't create a T plan to create a willpower story, I, I forget to do it. I forget. And I might let, my day is far less efficient and effective. So it is a real powerful tool. Um, you know, and it might be, so I don't always do a tea plan at the weekend, but sometimes I do. I might do a tea plan at the weekend to say, don't check my emails today, for example. Again, I know if I if I do that, I've got I, I'm not gonna do it. I might I might even sometimes have to set a tip and say, don't go into the office, you know, on a Saturday. Sometimes I find myself doing that. Well, and I, I now know that I need to have, you know, a full day off to really recharge my batteries. Um so I'm giving an example there that's you know. I've got one thing in the working week that I might use, but then another thing at the weekend. So it's depending you know, what the goals are.
2: Yeah, no, that's fascinating. I think um, connected to that and something else people ask, and obviously the, the, the tiny empowering action is about behaviour change and starting to develop new helpful habits. Um, uh, it's, it's a related question. People will often ask, how long does it take to build a new habit? And you kind of see... These, these figures banded around online, well, X days, Y days. So, so, so how do you answer that specific question in relation and in with re- referring to, to this exercise, the T plan in developing new helpful habits? How long does it take?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out what we mean by behaviour. Behaviour is everything that we're thinking and doing. That's how we think about it. So a thought is a behaviour. Um, so when you think, I'm useless, I'm rubbish, that's a behaviour. Um, and the beha- behaviours are the seeds of habits. And the more we repeat a behaviour, the more habitual it will become. The habits are very complicated. So there isn't an answer to the question, uh, how long does it take to build a better habit? It's definitely not 21 days. Um <laughs> Sometimes I think you can do it faster. You can reestablish a habit faster than that. The way to think about habits are they are neurobiological connections in your brain. So our brain has about 100 billion neurons. And all those neurons have a purpose. They have a function. They have a job. If I'm trying to re-establish a habit like creating a willpower story every day, because I've just been on holiday for the last two weeks and I haven't done it for two weeks, I've all, because I've practiced doing willpower stories for years and years, I've got loads of neurons in my brain to create a daily habit of, of doing a willpower story. So I can reestablish that habit really quickly. Another so a habit that I've just been establishing since the start of January is my core exercises. Um, so I actually remember that maybe six or seven years ago, I would got really out of the habit of doing any core um, work. And literally, I started on the 1st of January by doing one, one press-up and one sit-up. The day after, I did two press-ups and two sit-ups. The day after, I did three and three and built up literally like that. In more recent times, I've had really good habits of um, just doing a little bit of core in the morning before I go off my run, and I normally do 50 press ups, uh, 50 sit ups, 25 pull ups. But because before Christmas was really hectic, and you know it was we had a really busy year launching the Habit Mechanic book, I was just exhausted and literally. Although I kept on running, my core just went out of the window. My core work. So the beginning of this year, I decided to take a slightly different approach. And what I've been doing is I've been uh, setting the goal to do 1,000 core repetitions every week. So a repetition would be one press-up, one sit-up, one pull-up. And since I set that goal at the beginning of the year, I've done it easily. I've done 1,000 core exercises easily every single week. However, if I was starting that from scratch, uh, you know, several years ago, I'd have no chance of establishing that habit so quickly. So some habits are going to be really easy for you to re-establish. Equally, something that might feel like a new habit, there might be lots of other things you've done previously that underpin doing that habit well. You know, so just to take a simple example, it might be, well, I've I've done loads of... Um, I've done... I've been in the habit of doing press-ups before, and I want to start to do sit-ups. Well, although you've maybe never done sit-ups before, because you've got all the press-up wires in your brain, they're quite transferable. You know, maybe the same, I want to start doing a, a run, a really light run, but I've never done it before. Well, if you do your light run around the same route that you go for your little short walk, then, you know, you're already building on something that's quite familiar, just as an example. But on the other end of the continuum, there might be behaviours that you want to establish, habits that you want to start to build, that are very unfamiliar to you. So you might have spent the last uh, 20 years beating yourself up and telling yourself how useless you are. And you want to build some, more, some different wires in your brain that allow you to counter that and to talk to yourself in a different way. Now that's going to take some time if it isn't something you've practised. I see people saying, well, you know, I tried to do a death swap yesterday for, to improve my sleep and it didn't work. What we have to recognize is that we're good at what we've practiced. Of, of we're good at what we practice. And whatever we're good at today for better or for worse. That's because we've practiced it a lot And whatever we want to get better at in the future. We're going to have to practice that a lot as well.
2: And. I suppose, in a way, you you were using the example of a physical exercise routine or a personal exercise routine just as an example, as a framework to help people understand the process of building helpful habits. And I guess the message, in the same way as physical exercise, uh, thinking habits, thinking behaviours, it's use it or lose it.
1: Yeah, use it or lose it or um, you get good at what you practise. Um, so if we want to maintain behaviours we've got to keep engaging in them if we want to establish new ways of thinking and doing we've got to start to practice them and we're going to be much more likely to start to practice it if we've got our tea plan if we've got our fam story and it is it's um, it's easy to see the muscles on your arm and we know that if we practice working out the muscle the fibres get bigger and stronger it's in very rudimentary terms, it's the same in your brain. It's just that you can't see your brain. It's encased inside a skull. Um, That's why I really go into a lot of detail in the book about learning in a really accessible, uh, friendly way. But learning is at the heart of improving. Learning is at the heart of being healthier, being happier, being at your best, being a great leader, developing a great culture. And we can all learn. We can all get better at whatever we want to get better at, but we have to put practice in. Um, So that's why instead of worrying about in 21 days, will I have this habit or won't I have this habit? For me, it's much more helpful just to keep checking in with yourself every day and noticing where you are in that continuum. And it's much more interesting for me not to be perfect at a habit in 21 days, but to be seeing I'm doing better. I'm scoring consistently higher scores. And When you start to plug that into your your fam story, you start to use some of the habit metrics in the book, you start to get a much more powerful self-improvement ecosystem than you do than just thinking about, well, if I, you know, 21 days, I'll I'll ever be good or I won't be any good.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, uh, such a... A different view of it that, that so in comp- when compared to to some of these uh, glib and quite um, um, simplistic um, answers you see as I say online where with uh, random numbers <laughs> stated about uh, how long it will take someone to develop helpful habits and, and change their behaviour to help them. Uh, just another couple of quick questions, actually, John, which, again, I know people have asked about the T plan and, and you, you've answered and, and helped them understand it and implement it. Um, can they do more than one a day? Um, you know, people might think, does it have to be one? Uh, does it have to just be one, one action? Can you do, can you do multiple T plans in any one day?
1: You can, and I see people doing this in the app. It's not something I do, but I see people doing it in the app. Um, so people create more than one tiny empowering action, but they generate a separate a separate why rationale for that. Again, you do what's most helpful for you is the key thing. Um, but I recommend starting with one and, you know, building that rhythm. Um, so I, I don't see people rating themselves – twice out of 10 each day but there's some people definitely do create more than one tiny empowering uh, aim yeah i see that
2: okay that's interesting and um another question i know people have is that, that well it's i guess it's not so much a question as a um a bit of feedback i know sometimes people have cited to you that they'll uh, cite the um inability of themselves if you like to, to really nail down something you know they might overthink the whole process of, of setting a goal what they want to achieve and overcomplicate it if you like overthink it how 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 should they try to overcome that bump in the road if that's what uh, they're faced with when they're trying to implement this this piece of insight into their daily lives
1: pick one thing and have a goal at doing that you've got to pick one thing Tomorrow you might re- recognise that that wasn't the right thing to pick, but only by implementing it, you know, will you understand if it's going to work for you or not. So I think if you can, if you're not sure what to do, just go with one of the examples in the book. Have a go at that. Pick the, the end of day reflection is a, is a really powerful one. Um, if you look at chapter 22, the stress management chapter, there are loads of of end-of-day reflection tools in there, including the 3-to-1, which is something else people post in the app. In fact, I first introduced the 3-to-1 reflection in the book in Chapter 5, and I'm I'm posting that in the app every workday, as many other people are as well. So, yeah, it's just, just to pick one thing. You can look on the app, get some inspiration, see what other people are doing. But this is about doing things differently. It's not about knowing more stuff. Um, you can you can know if we want to use the physical analogy again, you can know how to get physically fit. You can know how to be good at lifting weights until you get in the gym. Until you put your trainers on, you're not going to make any impact, you know, on your on your body. And the same with this stuff. You can know how to do a perfect T plan. Um, you can know how to become a habit mechanic, but until you use the tools, put them into practice, then that's the only way you're going to impact your brain function and impact the habits that you've got to get rid of more of your destructive habits and build more super habits.
2: And I think, I think that's why I said at the start that the T plan does is a bit of a microcosm of, of, of tougher minds and the Habit Mechanic book and Habit Mechanic University app because it is doing something, it's taking action, it's a tiny empowering action every day. Um, to start yourself on the road of building helpful habits it is it's good habit practice if you like to use a to use a sporting analogy and um, yeah you, you, that's why it is uh, makes such an impact right at the start of the book in, in the first chapter because you get people doing things immediately um, and um, yeah it does make such an impact it, it certainly did on me for sure um, and I know as well that that, that the this this on the face of it, very straightforward tool, connects to more, um, even more powerful tools later on in the book as well. It, it helps people, it gives people a pathway towards them.
1: Yeah, this is, all the tools in the book are broken into either daily tools, weekly tools, or monthly slash bi-monthly tools. In chapter 36, I give a breakdown of uh, which, which is which. There's a lot of similarity across all the tools in the sense they're all about doing more intelligent self-watching and more intelligent planning. So the T plan, although it's super powerful in its own right and fantastically beneficial, the additional benefit is it's training you to make it easier for you to access the, the other tools because they all require you to do intelligent self-watching and intelligent planning. Um, so, yeah, there, all these things are interconnected, and when we start to plug them together, the, the results are much more beneficial. And I've, again, I've heard feedback about um, you know people saying, um, I've used Habit tracker apps before, and the reason I like the Habit Mechanic University better is because it gives me this um, very specific focus on this one uh, powerful thing and it gives me a process to achieving that thing, whereas the Habit Tracker apps made me just made me feel bad about myself because I just had a list of things every day that I hadn't actually achieved. In a connected way, I'm also hearing you know, these are very experienced people saying I've set, um, quite sophisticated goals for most of my life um, you know connecting my in simple terms my long term my short term my medium term my long medium short term goals but then saying how plugging in the habits into that and the T plan has just supercharged um, what they can get out of those goals and how how powerful that goal setting process is for them so yeah the the T plan for example plugs directly into the bottom of the fam story iceberg, which we talk about in chapter 16. So everything's interconnected and they all supercharge each other.
2: Well, I'm certainly looking forward to to more podcasts and the opportunity to take a deep dive into each chapter of the habit mechanic book and, and, and gain this sort of insight and discuss the ideas and the, the principles and the tools within them with you. It's a, it's a unique opportunity. Um, and of course uh, people can download the habit Me- Habit Mechanic University app from the Apple App Store and for, for Android devices devices as well. It's free to download. Um and um yeah, please do. I I suppose the message has got to be like, subscribe, and share this podcast now as we do try to, to appear on more and more platforms and make it accessible to more and more people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you if you like what we're saying, like what we're doing, subscribe, like, tell other people about it. There's One thing that we we want to offer people is a bit of a reward for participation. Before we share that, I just want to talk very quickly about one of the most exciting things that I'm doing at the moment is that I'm not sure if you know, Andrew, but we've actually started to train a small select uh, group of people to become certified habit mechanic coaches. And we started to do that just before Christmas. So this is teaching people, I suppose, how to to transform their clients, their teams, their people's lives without having to do a PhD in performance psychology. We've done all that work for you. We're showing people how to implement the tools from the book to the people that they want to help. So into their coaching practice, into the way that they lead, uh, into the way that they help their team to fill their potential. So I'm working with people to become certified habit mechanic coaches over about 10 hours. It's a, it's, it's, it's a 10 hour one-to-one coaching program where we teach people how to use the habit mechanic metric uh, tools that are in the habit mechanic book. So you can use them to help your people to start identifying their destructive habits and understanding their super habits I'm showing people how to use the 30 plus award winning habit Mechanic tools that are in the book, but we show I'm showing people how to actually use them with their clients. So we give habit Mechanic coaches copies of the book, access to the um the premium subscription levels of the app so they can actually start to coach their people and their clients in the way that um myself and uh mine's colleagues do that work when you become a certified mechanic coach, you go on our website, we promote you to our database. You become, you know, part of a elite group of coaches that are recognized as using cutting edge insights from neuroscience and behavioral science to help others to be at their best. Um, you know, and if you've got your own coaching practice, us promoting you to our, to our website is going to get you more clients ultimately. Um, so that's, so that's really, really exciting and we're working with such a diverse range of people. Um, from some of the biggest organizations in the world, you know, all, all the way through to people who've got their own coaching companies. We are at about capacity on that program. Um, but if you are interested in learning more, just give us a shout because we probably will open some more places later, later on in the year. So that's the Certified Mechanic Coaching Program. That's really exciting work that I'm, I'm doing at the moment and start to onboard some new people into the program this week. So we want to give something back to people that contribute. So we're interested in your questions. We've gone through some of the frequently asked questions that we talked about in the book, but as we're giving this deeper dive into the habit mechanic approach, as you're using the tools, questions I'm sure will emerge that we're happy to answer. So if you've got a question that you'd like us to answer, just submit it to us via email at contact at tougherminds.co.uk, contact at tougherminds.co.uk, or you can submit it via the the Tougher Minds website, which is tougherminds.co.uk. We're going to pick the best question we think that's going to be most helpful most interesting to everybody else, and the person that um, we select is going to win uh, a year's free subscription to the premium levels of the Haven't Mechanic University app. If you're already subscribed, we just add that year onto the subscription, um, so you just get a bonus year if you like. So that's what we're going to start to do. Um, so hopefully by the next by next episode we'll have we'll have some questions submitted and we will do our best to answer those and um, even though we'll only read out one uh, winner per week we we might do some separate podcasts where we just answer you know those questions very specifically so if you answer a question we if you ask a question we'll definitely do our best to answer it uh, via the podcast how does that sound, Andrew? Did I miss that? Sounds,
2: that sounds absolutely fantastic. It's a great opportunity, I think, for people again to get even more insight. Uh, something you're trying to do obviously via this podcast is, is give people even more insight into the ideas, into the, the principles, into the, the tools in the Habit Mechanic book, but the, the question opportunity, the opportunity to put your questions. I guess people might have a copy of the book already, as you say, John, and, and have a specific point. So that'll be fascinating too. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity, and I hope people will put their questions into you, uh, and I'm sure it'll be uh, extremely beneficial.
1: Yeah, so looking forward to that. So looking forward then to our next podcast, We are going to talk about chapter two, the title of which is My Story and Why Becoming a Habit Mechanic is Essential for Happiness Success in Our Challenging World. So that's going to be the next episode. Looking forward to digging into the details of that. But that's all for us for now. So I'd like to say thank you to you, Andrew, for asking such uh, insightful questions and getting me thinking. Thank you to everyone for listening. And remember, you're only one habit away.
0: Remember, if you want to get your business off to a great start in 2024, get in touch to discuss how our Habit Mechanic keynotes or workshops can equip your people with practical skills that help them build super habits in five minutes. Or if you want to earn £100,000 per year working part-time by launching your own coaching business, we guarantee to help you do that in just 13 hours. Get in touch with us today to learn more about becoming a certified habit mechanic coach who can transform people's lives and is recognised as a world leader in the field. For more details, contact us via the website. The link is in the podcast notes. Or if you want to feel better and do better every day, download the Habit Mechanic University app from your app store. Once again, thanks for listening.